Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Christman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. I am excited to welcome my first um, uh a pairing on on the show so welcome tom scoble and katie apperson to ted talks uh tom teaches at lake zurich high school in lake zurich illinois and katie is at james b conant high school in hoffman estates illinois uh so welcome you two i'd love to hear uh both of your journeys uh to where we are right now in your careers and a little bit about both your programs um we'll start with katie and then we'll go to tom if that's okay yeah hi it's such a joy to be on this podcast. We've been listening to like get ready for a long time and it's just, I, I love being here in this moment. Uh, my journey in theater started when I was younger and I, I guess obviously, yeah. Uh, and my church had some offerings of arts and music and all of that. And so I got interested there. My middle school developed a program when I got into eighth grade for after school, and that was really what what set me on the path of wanting to go into theater as a career in whatever way I could. Um, I think when we're in middle school, we're just like, I'm going to be the next movie star, Broadway star, whatever, because I'm so great. And then high school came around, and you realize you're a very, very small fish in an overwhelmingly large pond. But High school, I had a phenomenal teacher, Sue Aldridge, love her so much, that showed me that education in theater could be a a career path. And from day one, I think, of freshman English with her, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I went to ISU for theater ed, go birds, and I'm continuing my love of theater education Roosevelt now, and I'm excited to be working with kids. Uh, our program's a little bit smaller at Conant, but we're ramping it up, and it's just been a joy. I've I got my job. I, I don't know. I was a weird December graduation at ISU, and so I had all spring semester of 2016 to like sub and explore and just apply to jobs. And Conant got back to me, seemed to work. And I've been there ever since. It's been great. So my journey began when I was a fifth grader, just like Katie, you know, younger. And I had the idea to maybe audition for shows. And I lived on the same block as the assistant band director at the high school. And they needed a part for a little boy. And they said, why don't you give it a shot? And it was Pippin and it was for Theo. And I got it and fell in love right then and there. And when I got to the high school, I couldn't wait um to do all the plays and i had a great i had four great theater teachers at glenbard north and they were fantastic and they really inspired me to love all aspects of theater so set props acting directing and so as i went through my years there i was like teaching does it all you have to kind of do all these things and that's where i can really find my passion and what theater has given me i kind of want to give back to students as well i also went to illinois state university studied theater education I just finished my master's in directing at Roosevelt. And so that's kind of my journey there. And then Lake Zurich High School is my third school. So this is my 11th year. And so 
I started in a central Illinois school and then came up to the suburbs, had a different job. And now I'm at Lake Zurich and, um, you know, we have three theater classes and we have about 120 people in the drama club. And so that's kind of the program at Lake Zurich high school and really feel supported there with the curriculum and the after school program. That's awesome. Well, from, from what you've just shared, the both of you had um, really strong educational theater influences really early in your lives, and like Tom, all the way down to fifth grade, and then and Katie in middle school, and and talk a little bit about the importance of of those those teachers and those influences in your lives at that point, and and how that shaped and and directed you as teachers now i think the sense of community i got from not just the teachers but the high schoolers right away gave me such a um awesome view of theater right away so i felt welcomed even though i was the youngest one there i was this little puny 11 year old and so the teachers made me feel really welcome and the, the other students did and that's what really inspired me I look back and, and think about how before i was even involved in theater myself i was an audience member um, my, the high school I went to in Champaign, um, Sue would bring shows to the elementary schools. And so as an audience member, I just remember that theater made me laugh and theater made me excited. And I just, I loved the way that theater could influence somebody that way. And I think that I was really lucky and had teachers that were similar to me, that uh, you know, were excited and goofy and pushed the kids to own the the shows that they were working on. And it wasn't their production. It was our production. And it was a very, like Tom said, a community vibe to it. And one thing that I wanted to do, and I told my kids, or I tell my kids this all the time, is I loved my time in high school theater. And I cannot imagine how my life would be different if I didn't have theater in my life because I was a very all over the place child. And there was just a lot that went on that like, I tried the sports thing and that kind of worked, but I didn't fit in that group. And I tried, you know, I was in book club, but then I'm a soul reader. So it was just like, there was never a full fit for whatever I was trying to do. And that didn't seem to matter in theater. And I found a spot where all of my interests could come together and I was a, in a family and I want to create that space, that safe space where kids feel like they can come and share and create together and, and explore and ask questions that my teachers gave me. And I, I, I took the saying that Sue always said, which was make memories because those are what get you through the good times, the bad times and everything in between. And I tell my kids that before every performance, I tell my kids that whenever it comes up in conversation, but that's a huge part for me that I know I took away from my experience that I want my students to be able to take away from their experience as well. One of the things I was very afraid I was going to miss when I moved here and I left the classroom, that, that space that was created in my classroom and on the stage um, for all those differences to not only be celebrated, but um, put to use and and learning the learning that came from one another with, with the students. And um, when I got here, um, I, I see that with my theater ed students too, because um, they all have varied interests. They, you know, it's, they love acting, they love design, and they love 
all the parts that go into it and they love the teaching too. So I love, I love that I still have that here as I'm, as I'm working with, with my students. Um, Katie, I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience, um, as a sub, um, <laughs> because I think those are people who are severely underappreciated. So <laughs> talk about they your experience. are, and if you are listening and you are a sub or have been a sub, I love you. And we all very much appreciate you. And if you are considering subbing in this current situation of, and moment of time, you are the martyr that we do not deserve, but we desperately need and we love you. Um, so I, I went back and I actually subbed in my home district. Uh, the house I grew up in is right across from the elementary school I went to. It's not too far from the middle school and the high school. And it was a time going back into some of the buildings that I, I remember developing as a human in and just how they had changed and just how kids have changed. And it was, I, it, it's hard for me to describe <laughs> because it was, you know, I go in there with my education degree and like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to handle kids. I just got to read this sub plan. I got this. Like I went into theater. I know how to be entertaining. This is going to be a great day in whatever grade level. Cause I did work with, I think like fourth grader, like, well, actually all of elementary school through high school, I worked with some range of those kids and it furthered my love of elementary school teachers for having to have the same children all day long. And it further reminded me why I'm okay not being in a middle school. So it just, it was a lot of reaffirming, but then the most interesting experience was I ended up being a maternity sub for my cousin. Uh, my cousin-in-law had a, a baby in like March. And so I took over for her and I was there for, I think like the six week time that she had off and she is an elementary music teacher. So I was then thrown into leading band class and band sectionals and little or not quite little kid choir, but like choir for the later elementary school age range. And so fortunately I am a lifelong band kid and love music and have appreciated music forever. So I could kind of pick up on it and I was able to help in some way. And I, you know, still kept in touch with her, but it was interesting going into a field that like I wasn't <laughs> as confident in. So it really made you really made you think and really kept you on your toes because you never knew if the kids were going to come in in whatever mood they're in. And it really set me up, I think, for success and being able to work with a, a wide range of students on any given day and to just know how to be confident and remember that these are just tiny humans. And so if you do nothing else, get to know them and get to share in their feelings and check in on them and just make sure that they grow up to be better humans. So even if they didn't maybe get the best music lessons that they could have gotten, I like to think I was still helpful and supportive of them. Yeah. So I don't know if that's... <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've never done it. So I appreciate, I appreciate that perspective. It's time. I think, you know what, I think that that would be, 
not, I mean, obviously you would want the kids to get jobs right after college, but I think that that is, that should be something that everybody going into education at some point in their career, I don't care if it's like towards the end or after their career or like at the beginning or whatever, but I think everybody that's going into education should sub at some point. It just, it totally gave me a new appreciation for my colleagues now and for what teachers and other schools go through. It just really is eye-opening. Well, I think everyone should just be a sub at some point and step in those shoes and experience what that's like. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Well, I, 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 I would, I don't know how you two met. And I would, I would love to hear about that because your, your, your social media, I, I get such joy out of, of, of the two of you and, and, and your lives. And, and I would just love to hear a little bit more about that. So we met through the Illinois High School Theater Festival. We were on the executive planning committee together. And I came back for my good friend, Nathaniel Haywood. He was going to be the executive director that year. And I said, you know what? I took a couple years off and I came back for him and she was willing to like in her second year. And so he paired me with her on the workshops committee and we were colleagues together for the first year and we just kind of worked together. And then the second year we wanted to sign back up and we were put on workshops just for consistency sometimes. But then that second year we like started to maybe think about each other in a different light and, there was this moment at the library where she was at the library and I was in the same town and I went to the library to do some schoolwork before summer was over and we sat at the same table and kind of things clicked and we saw each other in a non-professional manner for the first time and that's kind of how we met. And so now we've been together for almost two years. This is, that's a very, I'm glad that he did that. That's, <laughs> that's the official story how we actually met so that's when we started working together how we actually met and again he kind of forgets this and that's fine is that it was a few years even before that because I I was starstruck by the high school theater festival because I again my mentor awesome human teacher Sue Aldridge was involved with that heavily so we went when I was in high school and I was like this is so cool. And she was like, you know, you could be on this someday if you're going into theater ed. And so that became like my goal. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to get on this committee, however, however it happens. And so when I was in college, um, for those of you who maybe aren't in Illinois, Illinois State University and U of I are the two uh, colleges that really house it. And so I was on the student committee when I was at Illinois State and Tom was on the committee already. And I met him because another friend of mine that was a student on the student committee had him when Tom was student teaching. And so I met him through that way. And so then we kind of worked together when I was volunteering and helping in that capacity, but we didn't get to know each other until we were both on workshops together. And I'm pretty sure I, you would have to ask them, but I'm pretty sure it became like a, it wasn't just coincidence. <laughs> like you would have to fact check that with some of the other leading people that were involved in these decisions, but I'm pretty sure it was not just a coincidence that we were put together. This is my new conspiracy theory. It's I, not actually new. I support you. I support you. I think, I, think <laughs> I'm sh- I believe that was intentional as well. So 
it worked out for everyone. So what is what what is it like with two two lovers of theater and education in the same household and making that life work together? I think we know the balance of work and time for each other really well. So as we were first dating, you know, we were both kind of newish to the profession and now we're a little bit more seasoned, but I think as we got to know each other a little bit more, like, okay, I know when she's in the zone working at home and I just want to play video games or I'm in the zone and she wants to do something like we know each other's balance and work life. But then for example, a couple of days ago, we both found out our shows for the fall were good to go. And so we came home excited. We were working, we had dinner really quickly. And then we went both to our corners to figure out our shows. And, and so that was a, you know, we had to eat ourselves. We had to eat dinner and communicate and be partners and just touch base with one another. But then we went and figured out stuff till late in the night. And what I love about it is that in our particular setup, we don't, really overlap or at least our bigger productions don't really I think the spring is the only one in the past that's possibly been a conflict but we've always worked around it and so fall is usually my craziest time because it's our musical season he's usually off this year it's different but that's true of everything so it's really nice then because we can support each other even if like I come home and I'm literally like I am tearing my hair out he's able to go like okay, look, I've already made you some dinner. I've got some tea boiled for you. Here's Eleanor. That's our cat, right? You can pet her. And so it just, he gets it. And I know that in a lot of, I think a lot of relationships where one person is a teacher in general, but like, especially a theater person, understanding what tech week is and what that means in regards to a relationship. I appreciate that it's known right? That we don't have to explain or whatever, like we both get it. And so we are able, like Tom was saying, to support each other in that we can tell when we're in our zones. But it's also we understand. And it's, I think, I feel like if we if one of us was not a theater teacher, and we didn't understand that world, I feel like it could be really tense ridden. Because it's such a it's such a strain, it can be and and I think we've been lucky and not had uh, a massive explosion during a tech week because of, because we get it and we know what to do. Like we'll bring each other food during tech week and say hi to each other's kids. And we'll like, say like, what do you, do you need to borrow anything from my school? Can I borrow this from your school? Like we have like a nice, it's a nice networking, (laughs) nice networking (laughs) setup here. Um, But yeah, no, it's definitely, and we're lucky because I've talked to a bunch of other friends that are involved that don't have that same setup. And it, it, it does seem like that's usually like a, Oh, why don't they just get it? Like, Oh, I'm not going to be home until 10. And that's just how it's going to work during tech week. <laughs> so one of my, one of my, my pet projects for myself and, and my own like research and work that I'm doing right now is, is uh, wellness for theater teachers and taking care of yourselves Finding that work-life balance, knowing when to shut work off um, so that you have life outside of work. Um, Can you two talk a little bit about that for me? Yes. (laughs) That is 
Jimmy, I'm so glad that that's one of your pet projects. And that is actually almost word for word the advice that my cooperating teacher gave me and my supervisor gave me when I was student teaching. They sat me down because I I really didn't didn't go really anywhere during student teaching. I was in the building or I went home because I was living kind of far, far away. And they both sat me down at the final meeting. They were like, you have to have a life outside of school or you will implode. Like you have to find a way. And I think that that goes back to the, what I consider perks of us being together and our jobs being the same is that we can tell like if he's been grading for five hours and I've been grading for five, like we can check in on each other and be like, are you okay? Like maybe, maybe it's time for a break. Maybe we should go outside for a little bit. And I think that quarantine, you know, for all of its concerns and annoyances has really helped us discover some of those, what would have been like old fashioned hobbies. So like we've gotten the bikes out now we go sit in the backyard. If we're going to read something, we have really been working through the Lego video games um, because that is so cathartic. You just, you beat stuff up and you get coins and it just is a, the perfect release. And so I think that we're able to support each other that way. Personally, I am also a fan of coloring and I have a gob of coloring books that I am going to slowly work my way through at some point in my life. But I think that you're right. I think wellness, especially right now, I mean, in general, always, but especially now is so incredibly important and being able to just do self check-ins and, you know, like, where am I today? Today's a new day. What's it going to be like? How often do I need a dance party? It also doesn't have to be the same thing. Like yeah. she does mindfulness sometimes and I did mindfulness with her one day and it wasn't my cup of tea, but you know, she might do mindfulness and working out and coloring. But for me, it's cooking and I, I like to try to experiment with new recipes. And so that's my kind of self care is just figuring out new ways to do things and trying out new recipes and just chopping up some things and putting it into a pot and seeing what happens. So that's so it doesn't have to be the same thing. It doesn't, we don't always have to be doing everything together or even the self care together. So that also works well. Yeah. I, one of my early guests on the podcast, uh, Ruthie Tuttero, like slapped me in the face with her words um, in our interview when she said that teaching theater is a lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I had never thought of that. And that made so much sense. It made the 17 years I was in a classroom and was exhausted and burnt out it made it all make sense. And just like teaching theater is a lifestyle, so is wellness. And so is taking care of yourself. It's not just a one-off, let me go get a massage today and that'll fix everything. It's not a, it's not a treat yourself day. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's cooking the meals. It's, it's, you know, going to play the Lego games as just part of what you do. And, and it, you know, going out and reading a book outside, getting that vitamin D in your skin. It's, 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 but it's also conscious decisions to do that too. Yeah. And I think that was the toughest part, especially at the beginning, because you get so in the habit of what you've done already. So for us to get started with creating new, making mindfulness something that we do daily is we're taking some of those tasks that we're already doing 
or we're already going to be doing and just zhuzhing them up a little bit, right? Like we already read during quarantine, we were reading fiends. So it was just like, wait a minute, we can go in our backyard. Like we could, we could engage in nature instead of just sitting in a semi dark room inside. And it was like, we're going to read anyway. So let's just mix it up. And it was really great. Or we're going to eat every day, I hope. And so it was just, again, just judging up the meals because if it were me, and I tell Tom this all the time, like if it were me, we'd be rotating between three different meals. (laughs) It would be like three-way beans and pasta and taco dip. And I could live a happy life rotating between those things. So I'm, it's great though, because he's like, well, let's try this. And then we eat it. It's like the best thing I've ever devoured. And I'm like, this is such a great idea. You're so smart. Like keep doing that. But it, it gives him some time to listen to his podcast and to de-stress from the day and to just get all that energy out. Whereas I can just sit in the quiet and stare off into space and have the same release. I'm curious to know how how you um, model that and, and support that with your students. So this week was our first week of remote learning. And so for theater, you know, it's always the improv games. It's always ensemble games. And so we still did that. But in the middle of the week, I did have them do a self-care plan. Like what are some menu of options? I did present some things to them and our district did that with us too. So I said, you know what, this is great for adults, but also for, for students too. And they were trying to make sure we were taking care of ourselves, but also to get the strategies to our kids. And so I had them make a self-care plan uh, for theater and just making sure that they know that the best student is a healthy student. And so that I'm there for them and they should take care of themselves. Yeah, our school has a mindfulness program. So they did it, I'm trying to remember, because they had it like one day a week, but I want to think last semester or in spring, in the before times, they were doing it more frequently. And so I would encourage students, I'm like, I'm going to go, like, come on, come with me. And we would go in the morning and we would go through the mindfulness process. And during musical last year so last fall it was a very stressful experience and I I, for the life of me can't remember entirely why but it just it was and so I actually had the mindfulness people come in to the start of a rehearsal and we all as a company and we had we get our staff involved in the shows as well so we did have some staff members there too everybody that was in that auditorium that day went through mindfulness and we just hit a pause button. We're like, we're in tech week and we know it, but that doesn't mean we need to forget about ourselves. And so I think that's important from the, the theater standpoint, because it is easy to just get wrapped up in what you're doing. And like, I can't do that right now. I have to get my hair done. I have to do my makeup. I'm still not in costume. And I've got all of this other stuff going on and the light just burned out and whatever else is going on. It's easy to get lost in that. I also started with my kids since we're all on zoom right now, um, daily forms. Like they have to think about and write down how they're doing. And I stole it from a professor in grad school this summer, but we do like a rose and a thorn. So like, what's something that's going really well for you that you're excited about and what's something that really 
kind of sucks right now or isn't going your way or that has just really got you not feeling your best. And it's been really insightful to see what I have freshmen this year and I have juniors and seniors this year. And just to see the range of depth in their responses, some of them are taking it very seriously and doing a, a solid job of assessing. And some of them are just like, I had to wake up today, you know, but it's really, it's, I'm excited that they are still participating in that. And we always stretch and make them stretch too. And they hate it. And like, your body's going to thank you later. You'll thank me later. <laughs> You're welcome. But we do, we stretch at the beginning of every period. I don't care if it's 11 AM and you've gone through three classes. I don't care if it's 8, 15 AM. And this is your first one. We're stretching together to just get ourselves engaged in the current moment. Well, you both have, um, I, I know, Tom, I believe you finished your program at Roosevelt, correct? I did, yes. Yeah, and Katie, you're finishing, or you just started? What, you're somewhere in the program. I just started, so I, this was my first summer, my first of three summers. So. All right, and we, I, I've had on here several people who, who've talked about Roosevelt, and I'm actually talking to Allison Zobel tomorrow. Um uh, so I'll, I'm sure she and I will be talking about it as well. Talk about the, your your master's program experience and what that um, did for you and and helped you and how it helped you grow as as a teacher. I think being a student again after teaching for a while, it gets you in the mindset of what our students go through. And you know, we expect students to all be the same and have the same understanding at the same time and know the instructions. But sometimes we don't know what's going on and we don't know the instructions and so trying to be explicit but also trying to like figure out not everyone's coming at this in the same level you know some people have a bachelor's degree in theater some people didn't and so just like our kids are coming at different levels of experience and so understanding and trying to meet them where they're at is also what i got out of that uh, but also just the sense of community the cohort has uh the friendships that we made and still have and the, the people that we keep in touch with but it really the rigor of the the final thesis show was so rewarding despite all the work and all the, the hours you put into that. And when I was finally done, you're able to close that book and send it off. And so that was just a good artistic achievement that you feel proud of. And that my kids were able to achieve and have that um, memory back in February. So that was just a fantastic feeling. Yeah. I think, I mean, I haven't gone through that much of it quite yet, but just after one summer, like Tom said, the community aspect of it and the, the true cohort nature, we were all online. This was like the first time ever that we were, it was all online for a summer. And you think about, you know, I mean, you're going through it right now. How do you do theater and teach students theater via Zoom? Yeah. Right. At a higher, at a higher level. And so it, it was definitely interesting being a student again too, because we, we worked together and we all, we still talk about how it's crazy, how we feel so connected to people that we have never actually met. And it just, it created a, a massive bond. And I'm somebody that I am not the best at asking for help because I don't want to seem like stupid or like, Hey, I think I should already know this, but I don't. So I just like, that's me personal thing is like, I'm really bad at asking for help sometimes. But with this group, I found that I've been opening up more and say like, Hey, you know, you mentioned that you included this in an audition form. Could you send that to me? Or does anybody have any ideas for warm up games on zoom or anything like that? So it's really, it's helped me realize that I'm 
not alone in a sense that I think I already knew, but it just kind of helped me start to open up a little bit more about that. And I really am excited to see one, hopefully people in real human form next summer and just to see what, what happens. Cause I'm not a, I am not a tech aficionado by any means. And next summer is supposed to be a very tech heavy summer. And I cannot wait because I just, I want to get better and actually be able to teach my kids some things rather than just say, here's a chapter on it. And here's my attempt at this, but like to actually say, here's what we did. Here's what I saw other people do as well. You know, we came into the same, we had the same issue. Here's what we did to solve it. So I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited. I loved going through my master's program and my doc program. Um, my master's more so because it was really tailored to what I what I loved with with theater education, and I was able to take classes that really filled those holes that I felt I still had from my bachelor's program. Um, and tech was one of them. And um, I loved that everything that we did, I was able to take right to my class in the fall when we started and put it to use and. I could visibly see my practice getting better. Um, so I, that, that, that's cool to hear. And the cohort that, like you said, the, the community aspect of it is so important. And, and I'm still in touch with those people from my master's and my doc program. And we still message you, Hey, can you give me information on this? Or what do you think about this? Uh, so that, that those connections are, are so important uh, when you go through that. Um, speaking of where we are at this point in time um, as teachers, what are some of the um, the interesting ways that you found to reach your kids, whether it be through uh, a, a technological piece that you've put into practice or um, the mindfulness work that you've done uh, with your kids over Zoom? Um, just what are some of those really interesting things that you've found that really work with your kids? So Fridays for us is a kind of office hours day. And so yesterday was friday and so to have like just 25 minutes hey come on in some people did some people didn't but for the first week i got to actually see some of their faces because the way that zoom works we can't see everybody sometimes but able to touch base but also not having a physical call board and so creating a physical call board on a google slide and trying to get that out is like a, a tool i'm hoping that my students are able to like see all the information they need where it used to be a physical thing they could see right outside my door. And so, yeah, using Google Bitmoji Classroom just to give announcements now uh, in some form and is kind of one quick tool. Yeah, I would agree. I think I jumped off the deep end with the Bitmoji Classroom uh, and I waited until I was done with grad school because I knew, I knew I would. If I was going to jump in, it was going to be deep. And I made one for all my classes. I started making one for theater, even though we didn't know if it was going to happen or what was going on with that. And I sent it off to kids and families before school started and just said, hey, here's a little bit about me. Here's a little bit about what you can expect in the course and here's some help, here's some helpful information. And I think that that's been one way to engage with them just so they can see, I always tell people, so they know I'm a human and I'm not a robot teaching their kids. Right. But it's also just, I'm not just like a, I'm a teacher type of mode. Right. It's 
I'm still a person, right? Like I love purple and I will talk about Mary Poppins for days if you want me to. And like, let's talk about potatoes, kids, you know? So it just, it gets them <laughs> to see the goofy side of me that they would normally see in person from head to toe all the time, but that they can't. And so it's a, it's been a nice way to still kind of create that homey, comfortable atmosphere without being in, in the same room. I've also done a lot of, like you said, or like I said earlier, right, the mindfulness stuff has really, I think, helped to let them know, again, it, we don't have to be 100% business. We can still take time, even in this shorter amount of time that we have together, to focus on us just being humans. And I think that that's important to connecting with them. And, you know, I, everybody says it, but knowing their names, right? Day one, the assignment was make a flip grid, saying your name, saying your pronouns, if you're comfortable with that, saying whatever about you and just getting to know them because you'll end up with kids that, you know, sneak off the camera and so you might not ever see their face or you've got kids that have a background and then they like lean back behind it. So <laughs> just getting to know them and showing that you know them, right? Even if it's like you let a kid in and you ask them like, hey, how'd your golf tournament go this weekend? Or like, Hey, I love, you know, I saw your response that you are really excited that pumpkin's back at Starbucks. Congrats. That's awesome. Me too. Right. <laughs> have you gone yet? And so you're just able to have that connection with them, even though we're apart. And one of the things the past couple of years I've tried to do is I read somewhere like the first written or verbal feedback shouldn't be graded. Like you turn something in the first day, it's a pretest, whatever. And it's, here's my comment. And so just having a survey form, even for my English class is like, hey, I'm glad that you are on the varsity team as a sophomore. Congratulations. So just another way to connect is just if it's written for the first time, something that's not, here's how you can improve in some skill. Yeah. I think social media, right? You know, we luck out that that's a huge thing for our kids, or at least we still think it's a huge thing for our kids. And so we've been able to connect with, our theater kiddos through that because we haven't technically been able to have a meeting yet. We haven't been allowed to say like, Hey, we are doing a show. We, Hey, we have to kind of adjust what our season plan is, but theater's still happening. So we're able to still check in with them and say like, we are still here. It's just intermission, hang in there and, you know, have kids respond that way, which has been really nice. Well, aside from um, its matchmaking capabilities, um, how do you, <laughs> what, uh, talk, talk a little bit about um, why being involved in your professional organization is, is important for teachers. People, you meet people, and especially as a theater teacher, you may be the only one in your building that does what you do, right? And that's not, you know, that's just, I think a massive part of this is you could easily become one of the most isolated humans because you are digging in every tech week. You have like a gajillion productions each year. You're constantly working with different types of curriculum and it's just, it can be very overwhelming so I think that being a part of any professional theater organization gives you access to others in the same boat. And so even if you have different experiences, you can still empathize with each other and say, you know, 
I've never taught that class, but I know that so-and-so has, here's their information or they'll tag them in a post. And it just gives you the chance to show the kids how important connecting with others is. And it, again, in some ways allows you to become a student again. Um, you know, we talk about theater fest being a big part of our year. It's, it's like the best holiday ever. I tell kids openly, like, it's my favorite week of the year. I don't care about production time. Like theater fest is my favorite week of the year because I get to see all my friends and I get to explore and learn a little bit more and, and talk to others that have the same interests as, as me. And that's just, it's exciting and it, it's important. It's so important. And just to get out of the secondary ed bubble sometimes. So, you know, having professionals, having elementary, having uh, creative drama people, community theater people, our state organization has all of those levels. And uh, even when I go to the national conferences for NTA, like, you know, sometimes there's not all secondary theater teachers there. And so just getting outside of that bubble too, and connecting to professionals in that sense, and again, becoming another student. So that's really, when I go to conferences, that's when I'm excited to be a student again. I'm going to learn for this weekend, learn for this day, and connect with people from around the world, from around the state, wherever it might be. And so that's really what I look at as a positive for a professional organization. Well, speaking of learning, um, looking, you two were trained by one, both wonderful people, um, big shoes that I've got to step in and attempt to fill. Um, what, do you, what is something that you both wish you had known um, before stepping into your classroom on the first day that you didn't know? It's not, I just want the listeners to know, it's not silence because we thought we knew everything. It's silence no, because we there have to narrow down in, what we don't know. There are some <laughs> intense faces right now thinking through things that I, as I see. <laughs> like, we don't want to sound, I don't want to come across as pompous on a podcast, you know. Um, <laughs> Oh, that it's okay to not know everything that it you learn by doing and it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to not be an expert yet because I was a very was still am a very concerned about what other people think of me human and I was often overwhelmed by the thought that I was failing and that I wasn't doing a good job and that the kids could tell that I didn't know things and that that was somehow reflecting on my professionalism or my ability to connect or whatever. But I think if I had had the understanding that it's okay to not know everything and it's okay to ask questions. I think that that would have helped little baby Katie mm. a little bit more. And for me, it would be not every student is excited to be a learner or passionate about the subject. And in undergrad, we would play act classes. And for me being in honors classes and theater classes, I never experienced a misbehaved class. Maybe there's one or two things, but like the classroom management of that, like I was like, that's not going to happen. And it does happen. And I just never took that seriously as I, as I should have. But when I got in the classroom and I had some half of my theater classes were just put in there and 
they weren't there to learn about theater when I was excited about it. So I think knowing that and having that reality check earlier in undergrad would have been way more helpful when I first got to my first year. Katie, I'd love to hear a little bit about your podcast and and plug that for you a little bit. So talk about that. (laughs) So during the now time of quarantine, my super great friend from work, Shana Edelman, who is our tech director extraordinaire for our plays, she went to the high school that we teach at. And so she's got more of that kind of historic experience there and, and all of that. We decided that we go on a bunch of what we call Adelap adventures. And it became a Twitter thing. And it really, it started out with just us doing goofy things like going to buy costume pieces for the show, going to get candy for some experience at school and whatever. We were always just like hashtag Adelap adventures. And then our principal actually gave us the idea of that's really fun. You two should start a podcast. You could, you could just talk about your adventures. And we're like, would people listen to this? And our kids were like, yes, do it. And so we're like, okay, like then you have to listen to it. (laughs) We're not going to do all this work to, you know, have zero people listen. That's that hurts. And they were just like, no, we'll, we'll listen. And so in the summer, Shane, I got really excited and really dug into this and, so we started Adelap Adventures, the podcast, and it really is, it's us just talking about our adventures and talking about what's been making us happy lately and talking about the state of things, right? When all of, um, when a, a lot of these social issues picked up in June, we said, today's going to be a different episode. And we just talked to our kids or whoever was listening, you know, <laughs> everybody, um, about what was going on and how we noticed it in our field and how we were handling it ourselves and what we were doing about it to just make sense of it and to hopefully just another way of connecting with our, our students and their families when we weren't able to be together. And We've only done a handful of episodes. We're still new to the podcast game, but we've had guests on for every episode pretty much. Tom's been a guest. Um, our friends from work and her husband and his brother have been guests. And we usually ask them, share an adventure. It doesn't have to include us at all, but just what's an adventure? What stood out to you? What's been making you happy? You know, And then we'll usually put them through some trivia about their background, right? Our, our band, one of our band directors came on and talked about her experience in music in Iowa. And so then we quizzed her on Iowa. We quizzed her on, um, her kids are big star Wars fans. So there was a course in star Wars trivia and just goofy things like that to try to make this time more fun and more, more appealing and more connected in some way. So yes, Adelap adventures, the podcast, is available wherever you listen to podcasts, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and will you spell Adel app for me just so I have it correct? Oh, for sure. It's A-D-E-L-A-P-P okay. Adventures. <laughs> awesome. You can find us on the podcast thing. You could always search the hashtag on Twitter. It comes up with all of our various adventures, but that's been pretty fun. We've talked about a bevy of things. We went to Colorado together last uh, summer. So we talked about that. We talked about my internship in Seattle. We talked about her experience 
um, you know, she's like a math human by trade. So like just her experience in traveling and other things like that. So it's been, it's been exciting. It's been a way to stay connected. I like it. Well, I will definitely put that out there for people so they can check that out. Thank you. Uh, looking back over your career so far, what for both of you, what is one of your one or two of your favorite stories that you can you know, pop into your mind? Um, funny stories, horror stories, poignant moments that uh, impacted you personally. You know what? I have, a, I have a student intern and she did a lot of these same types of questions with me this week. So unfortunately, only the bad things are coming to mind right now, <laughs> like the challenging moments. Um, so I guess I could start with that. That'll be my thorn. And then I'll get to a rose later when it comes to mind. But a few years ago, we had an incident that really shook the department and really not department, sorry, our program. It really shook our program. <laughs> and it was in the middle of our spring show. It really changed the dynamic of everything that was going on. And it was probably, and I told my student this, the most challenging moment of my career so far because I couldn't control it and I didn't see it coming when I feel like I should have. Mm-hmm. And I told her, you know, like I, the kid, you all were hurting and a lot of you couldn't, didn't know how to cope with that and didn't know how to open up about that until it was the floodgates were open. And so I was like, it was just hard because I couldn't fix things for you. And I really wanted to, and I really wanted to be there for you. And we just, we figured it out as we went and we handled the incident, I think as best as we could have. And we just, that was one of those moments where the content was not as important as the humans and we hit a massive pause button and I th- we were doing Romeo and Juliet. So c- if you can imagine hitting a pause button on any other play, <laughs> um, we were in the middle of Shakespeare and we took a day of rehearsal to rebuild and show support for each other. And we did um, silent affirmations where the kids sat in a circle, closed their eyes and others went around and they were like, tap the shoulder of somebody that you value. Tap the shoulder of somebody who makes you laugh. Tap the shoulder of somebody who you want to give a hug to right now. You know, things like that, that just reminded them that even though it felt like there was this massive rent in the fabric of the program, that we were there to sew it back together and that we were still there to support one another and just re we had to rebuild that family. And that was one of the most challenging correction. That was the most challenging experience in my career. And it, it shook me. I consider myself to be a very positive human being. And that really threw me for a loop and mindfulness became important to keep me from going down a dark, dark path. And just remembering you've got to be there for the students and they'll be there for you and you're going to work through it together. It's my thorn. So 
last year, my like one of the joyful moments of my career, I'll kind of segue into that, was the thesis show. And I think what I've learned over the years is to, you know, I prepared so much for this show, but then to finally let control of it go to the students. And there was a music element to the show. And so there was five music composers and they came up with ideas I could never do. And so I just gave them the kernel and they would go off. They came back an hour later and said, here you go. And I went, my mind was blown. And so, and giving up creativity of blocking up until like the last couple of weeks, right? I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be a free form blocker. And I never was. I was just, so I did this new activity where like we blocked, like we did movement in a circle and they didn't have to cheat out. And so they got to move naturally. And then the structures of cheating out came, but like letting them explore the characters and giving up the freedom of, I need to have something blocked the second week. They need to be memorized as soon as possible. But I think allowing them to find the character before that even happened, uh, paid off dividends in the end and letting that control go and just being on the journey with them was the most rewarding experience I've had. And to contrast that, one of the, the worst shows was when I was trying to control everything and everything went wrong. The sound system went wrong. The orchestra pit wasn't working. Our technical director had to take a medical leave. So it was just me and the assistant technical director. And we were just looking at each other going, why is everything going wrong? We, were, we both were at the verge of quitting our careers at the end of that. But we got through it together and we were both like, we're going to figure this out. And so I think those lessons of like, we all are creative. And so giving up some creative control and just guiding the students through that process. Um, and what you may not have in mind might not be the best idea and let them fly with it. So that was really a rewarding experience for them. And for me too, I hope I for, for them, I hope, but also I will take that experience for me forever. Yeah. I think the, yeah. Cause I think the moments where the kids are making the decisions, it shows that they, are invested and excited and they care enough to put the effort into thinking about it. And I think one of the best musicals that we we've done so far that people still talk about and that, you know, kids think back to it and are always excited is the one where they had a lot of say in the creative problem solving. Like we had set pieces that were moving in the middle of songs. We had like, a gob of people all over the place, but they figured it like they teamwork, they problem solve, they figured out kind of the, the moving choreography of that. They timed it out. They were really good about becoming the kids in the cast were good about becoming kind of the people moving the set as well. So it helped tell the story that way. The crew kids were a huge part of making it really come to life in a different way. And it was, it was just magical because it was so much, it was so much more their show from an earlier standpoint and they were excited and the parents were excited and they were helping and we were trying new things to get them involved. And it just was one of the best experiences overall that I had had in theater and just in, as in being a teacher, because it was when I was starting to feel comfortable in my position and starting to feel comfortable knowing the kids and the people that I was working with. And they were able to open up and like try different things as well, even though they're like, we're really good at, at our particular thing. 
we can now apply that a little bit better. And it was more of a uh, team effort than just me saying, this is how I want it, or this is how I'm picturing it. It was a lot more collaborative than other experiences. And it was awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, my final two questions are the ones that I ask everyone on the show. Um, the first one is what is a resource that you currently use or have used that is a must have for theater teachers? All right. Well, I started a list. So when I say we were listening to past episodes, we were prepping hardcore. <laughs> so my biggest one that's really gotten me through the last few years is Canva. So you can create your own posters. You can create your own social media posts all of those great things. And you don't have to be a graphic designer to be able to do it. And that to me was just life changing because I got tired of just like typing something in Twitter. I'm like, I just wish I had like a cool picture or something that was more exciting to look at. And another colleague of mine turned me on a Canva and I have been using it ever since. We use it for like season announcements, for season posters, for, um, we usually have students design the show posters. So that's a little bit different, but anything that I've got to do to just promote the program or to make it look exciting and, or look as exciting and fun as it really is, I I go to Canva for sure. I think that and, um, Oh no, I should have, I didn't write this one down. What was the other one we talked about? New Play Exchange. New Play Exchange. We love New Play Exchange. Somebody in grad school this summer mentioned that. And Tom's used it more. That's where he actually, well, you talked about it. Yeah, so New Play Exchange is actually where I found my fall show. As I was thinking about how to do a virtual show, we already talked about making the play from winter to the fall so how can i do a radio play and then i search radio plays zoom play and all these zoom plays all these new ones came up and i was like great awesome and so i found a a play uh, a zoom radio play for dracula and it was great and the playwright and i have been in touch and so it was a much more personal way to connect to the playwright instead of through a publishing house um and so it's really fantastic um, and then my other resource is the resource on the Educational Theater Association website, the Theater Educator Pro. This summer was my first summer off. And so I like took all these webinars at my own pace. I had all of these like uh, already made curriculum things, already these projects. I'm like, oh, I already do that. How can I take what they are doing in that project for set design and tweak it now for my set design project? And so I was able to kind of like self-paced my own learning through that theater educator pro and that was fantastic so new play exchange and theater educator pro a lot of my uh 385 kids this semester are using new play exchange and it has been really cool for them because like some of them there there were some like language issues and they have like been communicating like within seconds with the playwright about asking for edits and the playwright's like i will do the edits for you and like they send them new drafts within 30 minutes. And so it's been fantastic. And my, my kids have really not only enjoyed working with them, but learned so much through communicating about edits and what needs to be edited and how to communicate what you need to that person. Um, so it's been really cool. Yeah. I just think you can search in so many different ways that 
it's really helpful to just to to find something that's going to be I think a lot closer to what you want than just looking at like the old standards, yeah. right? Or just like, let me dust off my anthologies yeah. on my bookshelf, right? But it's like new living theater and it's an opportunity to show kids like, look, these are people that are doing this in the real world. And here, like, it's still being written. It's yeah. not just the stuff that we are, you know, reading because it's on the approved list for school, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's happening yeah. right now. I yeah. love that. Um it's a great resource. All those sound really cool. And in Canva for, for teachers, if you're not familiar with it, they have all kinds of preset templates uh, for for your social media banners and, and everything. So you don't have to figure up the dimensions and sizes. You just click on it and start adding what you want to it. So it's a great resource. Um, and my final question for the two of you, what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers entering this field or that veteran teacher needing an encouraging word right now? So I think to veteran teachers, like we're all on your one together now. We're all figuring out how technology works, how can that be used for the best tool, but it shouldn't be the end all be all. Like the connection, the community still is the most important thing. Why we got into teaching can still be there in some form. The relationships, the the students joking and their reactions and you know those connections are still there. So don't try to be overwhelmed by the technology is my advice to the veterans. And I think my advice to a new teacher would be to have that life outside of the profession. Like Katie said, my first couple of years, I moved to a town not knowing anybody and not where I grew up. And so I had to move and not have any social life for the first year. And luckily I started to form that social group and get outside, but that was a really rough year because I was really isolated in the profession. Yeah. I think mine, the first piece is a joint could go to anybody. Uh, and it's go home, go home. I don't care if you're working from home and that just requires you getting up from your office into your couch, go home, turn it off, take some you time. It's funny you said treat yourself earlier because that was on my list. Oh, treat yourself, like have a day. Like you're going to need a treat yourself day even if you are being consistent with your mindfulness and other things. Yeah. You just need that one intense day. I think to, to new teachers, start a happy folder and fill it. And it's going to seem like at first it's just like a sticky note that made you laugh from a colleague or uh, an email from a kid that's like, thanks so much for helping me get that assignment turned in. It really, it, it made my day. Whatever it is, start yourself a happy folder. You're going to thank yourself later. And I guess, yeah, to veteran teachers, if you haven't done a happy folder, also start one. It's life changing. And I think just, again, taken from the great Sue Aldridge, make memories. You are going to have great days of teaching. You're going to have days where you question your existence in the profession and you need to have those memories and those connections to get you through the highs and the lows, but you're not alone. You just have to remember that and find the people that you can reach out to. That's awesome. Thank you, Tom and Katie for joining me today. I really oh, appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank know, you for having us. I know you two have been <laughs> listeners for a long time, and I, I appreciate that, but I appreciate what you're doing with your kids so much and what you give back to the state with all the work that you do as well. 
Um, so for those listening, make sure you check out Adel App Adventures, the podcast, and uh, uh, make sure you're, you're continuing to listen to Fed Talks. So um, I wish you two all the best this year. I know it's a crazy year, but your kids are very lucky and you're going to have a great year. I know it. Thanks, Jimmy. You too, Jimmy. Thank you you Jimmy. have a great year. Thank you. And curtain. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please find Fed Talks on your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to the show so it automatically shows up in your podcast app each week. Rate us by leaving some stars, review us by saying what you love about the show, and most importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life. Find us on all your favorite social media. We're on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Fed Talks on Facebook, and Fed Talks Podcast on Instagram. Visit our website at www.fedtalks.com for all our past episodes and resource lists from the guests you've met on the show. And email me directly by emailing fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. I love to hear your feedback, recommendations for guests on the show, or if you just want to be a guest yourself. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schuster, for the use of your original music that we hear on the show. And thank you for listening and for all you do for your students. I'm Jimmy Chrisman. Join me next week for another great interview. Have a great week.